So week two of X marks the spot. So, so last week we talked about all of us, our life is kind of like a treasure map. And that treasure map is actually being created or filled while we live our lives. Because you think about it, as we go through our lives, we all, we're going to have some twists and we're going to have some turns. We're going to have some ups and downs. There's times we're going to go uh, up to the mountaintop. There's times we're going to be inside the valley. But you see, each of us on our own map should have an X. And that X should be Jesus. And if Jesus is the center or the X on our map, it shows that we're trying to be like him and we're trying to live life the way he calls us to live it. You know, we talked last week a lot about hearing his voice, being able to hear the voice of Jesus and being able to distinguish the difference between his voice and the voice of those who are trying to hurt us or destroy us. Um, so we really need to be able to hear his voice and understand what he's trying to tell us. You know, and as we've been called to be disciples of Jesus, it means we've got to be able to listen to his voice. We've got to be able to take that time and we've got to hear his voice. But it also means that we need to take time with Jesus by abiding in him or remaining in him so that we can stay connected with him. And part of being a disciple of Jesus is bearing fruit. One of the things we should do as a Christ follower is we should bear fruit. Um, and the one way we know we can bear fruit is by remaining in him. So today we're going to be in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. So if you have your Bible, I encourage you to open it up. If you don't have a Bible, there is one in the back of the pew in front of you. Um, the words will also be up on the screen. And if you're watching online, hey, let's give it up for those watching online. Thank you for joining us on this Independence Day. We appreciate you being here with us. Um, if you would, if you're watching online, if you go into the comments section, you'll see a connection card. Go ahead and connect and let us know who you are and where you're from so that we can provide you with some information. But also being online, hey, we appreciate it, but do not let this replace you being connected to a local church. You know, we enjoy you being with us, but make sure you're connected with the local church where you can work on your relationship with others and with Jesus Christ. And with that being said, let's go ahead and dig into God's word. John 15, verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, 
just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you may have joy, uh, that you may, <laughs> I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Amen. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we just ask uh, through your word that you speak to us, Lord, that you continue to speak to us and that we will open up our hearts to receive what it is you have for us to receive, that we will cast aside things that are prevent us from hearing your voice. And Lord, may my words glorify your name and may you be glorified in everything that we do. I make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. So last week we talked about, you know, Jesus used these metaphors about being the gate and the gatekeeper and the good shepherd. And we kind of went through and explained them all. Well, this week, again, Jesus is using another metaphor. But this one he lays out so clearly for us. In, in this one, Jesus is basically saying that he is the true vine. The father is the vine dresser. And his disciples are the branches. So we as his disciples are the branches. And the main point of this analogy is basically pretty simple. The branches can only produce fruit if they are part of the vine. And non-fruit producing branches have no part with the vine. So it's laid out pretty interesting. And, and you know what we look at is we need to understand that to produce fruit, we're called to produce fruit so that we can nourish this world. That we can nourish those who are spiritually starved inside this world. You know, we're not called to bear fruit so that we can look good. We're not called to bear fruit so that people will admire us for what we do. We're called to bear fruit so that we can bring the lost the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do, and that's what it's all about. But of course, you know, there is a problem when it comes to bearing fruit. Because if you're going to bear fruit, you got to be pruned. You got to be pruned. You know, and, and, and sometimes being pruned hurts. But let me read verses one through four again. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me." Now, see, in the Greek, the word prune in verse 2 can also mean cleanse. So, you know, sometimes we got to understand that through our suffering and through our pain, that's how the Lord is getting ready to prepare to use us that much more. We're able to take that pain and that suffering and go and produce more fruit because of it. And understand that, that true disciples, those who are attached to the vine in Christ, if we're truly attached, we need to take comfort in that fact that at times we're going to need to be cleansed. We're going to need to be pruned. And, and sometimes it's going to hurt. But the reason for it is so that we can bear more fruit, so that we can bear more fruit for our heavenly father. You see, God tends the, the garden of the kingdom. God tends that garden and he prunes those who are producing fruit so they can produce more fruit. Think of it like a skilled vine dresser. You know, if you've ever seen any videos or watched them when they're in a vineyard and they go through and, you know, after the, after the harvest time and you just see the branches up there, 
they go through and they literally cut everything down to where it's really short. And they'll only do a couple little stalks off of where a branch is splitting. And then what happens is that following season, as it grows, it actually produces more fruit. And then they do it over and over and over again. And it's kind of exactly what God does is as we're going through this life and, and we're, we're producing fruit for him, sometimes we may get a little stagnant. Sometimes we may have too many branches going out that he's got to trim them back. And that pruning sometimes hurt, but what it does, it gets us more focused so that we can even bear more fruit in the, for the next coming harvest. So although the pruning does hurt from time to time, we have to understand that it is for our own goods. You know, and, and you know, I think it's worth repeating. You know, we, when he removes branches that don't produce fruit. Branches that don't remove fruit are, are thrown into the trash pile. Basically thrown into the pile, thrown into the fire. But those who produce fruit, he's going to prune so they keep going. And, and I really want you guys to get this and sometimes repeating it over and over again. Sometimes it'll go. Because sometimes I think some of y'all aren't listening. You're not listening to what I got to say. <clears throat> so let me say it again. The Father is going to prune away all those branches that do not bear fruit. He's going to prepare them away. He will cut them off and throw them away. And the branches that do bear fruit, he is going to prune so that they bear more fruit. Y'all get that? Do you really get it? Because I still think some of y'all don't listen. But according to this passage, it's clear. It's impossible to bear fruit if you don't abide in Christ. If you're not abiding in Christ, if you're not remaining in Christ, you're not going to bear any fruit. So and as you're thinking about this, think about what's the last fruit that you bared? What is the last fruit you bared for this church or for the kingdom? And like I said, I think some of you may not listening because when you're sitting there thinking about that, you go, oh, I don't remember the last time I bared fruit. It's been a long time. Well, if it's been a long time, remember the branches that aren't bearing fruit are going to be what? Cut and cast down to wither away. So we have to make sure that we're bearing fruit. You know, I think it's interesting. You know, bearing fruit means that we're growing. We're becoming more Christ-like in everything that we do. We're going to love the way he loved. We're going, to be, we're going to have less selflessness. We're going to be more steadfast. We're going to really truly seek what he seeks in our lives. And it also means that we're, be, that we're being made disciples of Jesus. That we're a disciple of Jesus. And how can you actively abide in Jesus or remain in him? Verse 7 actually tells us, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. He's given two things in this verse. His words remain in us and ask him whatever we want. Ask him whatever we want. But I think it goes a little deeper than that. I think there's two components to this that we really got to understand. Seeking God in his word. You've got to seek God in his word to be able to be with him, to be abiding or remain in him. You need to seek him in his word. And the second thing is you need to petition him in your prayers. You need to take that time and really go to him in prayer. Not a little text message prayer, not a little, you know, 140 character or less prayer. Take time with him, remaining in him, abiding in his word and digging deeper into what his word says. 
Verse 10 actually tells us, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. We need to understand this is that outflow. This is that outflow of what seeking God in his word does. As it, as it outflows, as we seek him in his word, as we petition him in prayer, we listen to his commands and listen to what scripture says. It then gives us that strength to be able to carry it out. We're then able to do what God calls us to do. When he tells us to go, we're able to go because we're strengthened through him. Think about this. Have you ever tried to return something to a store and you didn't have a receipt? Yeah? Sometimes it's pretty easy. Some stores really don't care. Okay, hey, that's Walmart brand. I know you bought it here. But sometimes it can be a real hassle, can't it? Especially if it's an expensive item. You know, because your receipt is the easiest way for you to show the proof of purchase, to show that you actually purchased it. It is your proof of purchase. In verse 8, Jesus tells his disciples that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. So understand, people, we don't become his disciples by doing a bunch of good things. Jesus makes it abundantly clear in the next few verses where he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit. See, fruit doesn't make us a disciple any more than a receipt makes a purchase because a receipt's not going to purchase anything. But just as a receipt proves your purchase, fruit, fruit is what proves your discipleship. By bearing fruit, you prove that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. You prove that you're abiding and remaining inside him. You know, when you think about it, in a perfect world, you would never make a big purchase without getting a receipt. It'd be kind of stupid to make a big purchase and not get a receipt, and 30 days later, you're out all that money. And unfortunately, people do that. But even more so, you'll never be a disciple if you don't produce fruit. So at the same time as you need a receipt for that big purchase, Jesus is expecting your fruitfulness to show that you're with him, to show that you are one of his disciples, to show that you're remaining in him. Because literally you think about the branch and the vine, the, the nutrients of the vine are passed through the branch to keep it connected, keep it growing, and keep it strong. And that's what it means to be remain in Jesus. Through that same thing, he's going to, nourish us and strengthen us. You know, it's interesting. In his book, Follow Me, David Platt explains what it means to be united with Christ through an illustration about when he first got married to his wife. Now understand, at the time when he first got married, he, he really didn't have a stable job when he got married. Um, he really, he, he had no consistent cash flow, if you would say. And this is what he wrote in his book. He says, on that wedding day, I received so many wonderful things, the most important of which was a beautiful, godly wife. But do you know what else I received on that day? Cash flow. It was great. At one moment, I had nothing in my bank account, but the moment I said I do, I had everything that was in her bank account. And I didn't have to do anything to earn it. I didn't have to go to her school and teach her five-year-olds. Uh, five I didn't have to get a job anywhere else for that matter, simply because my life was now united with Heather's. Everything that belonged to her became mine. 
in a much, much greater way, when you come to Jesus, when you unite your life with his, everything that belongs to him becomes yours. Yes, as we've already discussed, his righteousness replaces your unrighteousness, but there's more. When you come to Jesus, his spirit fills your spirit. His love becomes your love. His joy becomes your joy. His mind becomes your mind. His desires become your desires. His will becomes your will. His purpose becomes your purpose. His power becomes your power. The Christian life thus becomes nothing less than the outliving and indwelling of Christ. And that's from David Platt's book, Follow Me. It's actually a great book. If you get a chance, I encourage you to, to get it and read it. Um, but, but think about this. As a disciple of Christ, you know, we get everything. As soon as we accept Jesus Christ, we get all of that. But we get so much more. In John 15, verses 14 and 15, it actually says this. You are my friends. If you do what I command you, I do not call you servants anymore because a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything I have heard from my father. Now you think about it, it may seem a little curious, you know, you first reading in here that you're, you're friends, you're my friend if you do my commands. That don't sound like a very good friend, does it? How many people want a friend who's going to boss them around? But ultimately in this friendship, we need to remember who Jesus is. He is incarnate God who walked on this earth, died for our sins, and rose again. He can make all the demands he wants of me. The fact is, I'm his friend. I'm a friend of Jesus. And that's what counts. He reveals to us everything the Father revealed to him. Everything. We don't reveal to our friends everything that we know. But Jesus reveals it all to us. All we have to do is remain in him and understand that discipleship is bearing fruit to nourish that starving world around us. We're here to be Jesus with skin on to this lost world. Being united with Jesus is non-negotiable when it comes to discipleship. It's non-negotiable when it comes to bearing fruit. You've got to be abiding and remaining in him. Do you hear me on that? Did you really hear me? You have to remain in Jesus to be a disciple. You have to accept Jesus and remain in Jesus if you want to be a Christian. There's a wake-up call for some people. Because some of, I accepted Jesus when I was 15 years old, and I did everything in my 20s, so I don't have to do anything anymore. Are you still abiding in him and remaining in him and doing what he called you to do? We're never done. We are not finished until we stop breathing his air. When we stop breathing his air and we see him face to face, we have made it. Until then, we haven't made it. We have to remain in him. We have to do what he calls us to do. So what are you doing to remain in Jesus? What are you really doing to remain in Jesus? Besides maybe a five-minute devotion in the morning. Are you volunteering? Are you doing any type of outreach? Are you doing anything at all involved in Bible studies, inviting people to, be, to come to church? Are you trying to make disciples and introduce people to Jesus? Because if you're not doing any of that, are you really doing what he calls you to do? Are you really remaining in him? 
or are you just going through the motions? We've got to remain in Jesus, and we've got to be willing to choose to obey him in everything he calls us to do. So what are you doing? Let's ask it this way. What if this church put everything we do on hold to focus nothing but remain on Jesus? What would it look like? What would happen to this church if we put everything on hold and said we're not doing anything until everyone is devotely remaining Jesus Christ and saturated with his word and doing what he calls us to do? What's going to happen? I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to lose some people in the church. You know why you're going to lose some people in the church? Because there are people in the church who are not here to remain in Jesus. They're here to remain in their own lifestyle and remain in what they want to do. They want to remain what they want to do instead of what Jesus calls us to do. Well, this is what I do, so this is what's going to be done. And that's not what Jesus calls us to do. So ultimately, those people, if we said all we're going to do is remain in Jesus and focus on him and his word and move forward, you're going to lose people. And when you lose them, guess what? They're going to be them branches that got cut off and withered away because they were not producing fruit. But yet they want to be here and say, this is what we do. Do you really think that God is going to bless a church if you're not doing what God calls you to do? Do you honestly think that? If you're doing nothing, is God going to bless it? It's not going to happen. If you're going through the motions, God is not going to bless you and is not going to bless the church. It's a wake-up call. Are we abiding and are we remaining in Jesus Christ and making disciples of all nations? He plainly tells us, go and make disciples. And what do we do? You come to church and you play church. You play church, and I'm tired of people playing church. I'm tired of people playing church. We should be about kingdom business. There's way too many churches out there playing church. There's way too many people playing Christian. What are you doing today to remain in Jesus? What are you planning to do tomorrow to remain in Jesus? Same thing you've been doing, or are you going to affect change in your own life and start doing what he calls you to do? You see, I, I want a church that wants to bear fruit. I want to bear fruit, and I want to see a church bear fruit. I want to be a disciple. I want to be a disciple maker. I want to see people remain in Jesus. That's what I want to see. I want people so saturated in his word that when a mosquito bites them, he flies away singing, hallelujah, praise the Lord. That's how saturated you should be in Jesus. His blood should be flowing through you. See, I, I want stuff in my life just to be pruned away by God's word. I want him to do the same with you. I want him to find stuff that is stopping you from remaining in him, and I want him to prune it away. Cut it away from your life so that you do nothing but remain in him. That's what I want. We got to let go. We've got to let go as a church and let God. We've got to let go. Let go of your own life and let God take over. Because like I said, is he truly going to bless you if you're doing nothing? Is he going to bless you if I checked off my list, I came to church on Sunday, I went to Wednesday night Bible study? Is he truly going to bless you for that? 
Or is he going to bless you when you hit the ground running every day, and when you hit the ground, Satan wakes up, oh, God, he's awake. That's right, I'm awake, and I'm going to go affect change in this community, and anyone I come in contact with, they're going to know Jesus because I'm going to let them know who Jesus is. That's what we're called to do each and every day. But how many of us do it? Remember, those who don't, uh, who don't produce fruit are going to be cut off, thrown on the ground to wither, to be thrown in the fire. Anyone here want to be thrown in the fire? I don't. So what do we got to do? We need to remain in him and we need to be producing fruit. You see, this is what I want for you guys. I want you to spend time with him. I want you to spend time with Jesus. Really spend time with him. Saturate yourself in his word. Take that time, be deep into his word. I want you to be willing to let God through his word cut off things in your life that are preventing you or stopping you or when you think you're in control to make you let go and let God. That's what I want for you. As a church, I want this church to be about kingdom, kingdom business, not our own business. And if you think it should be about your own business, let me know. Because if you, if you really think this church is about your business and not about kingdom business, go ahead and let me know. If you don't want to see this church grow, let me know. Because we're called to grow it. We're called to be disciples. We're called to bear fruit. And if we're not going to be a church, a church that bears fruit, what are we going to be? Might as well close the doors. Close the doors, lock it up, sell it, and be gone. That's where you're headed. That's where you're honestly heading if you don't change. If we don't invest in our life and invest in the future lives and invest in the next generation, where are we going to be? See, the next generation, we got AJ in the back. That's our next generation. He came up through this church. Where's everyone else who came up through this church? Where is the legacy we are leaving? AJ's working on it. Who else is working on it? Where are your kids? Where are your grandkids? Are they working on the legacy of this church or the legacy of another church? It's great that they work on the legacy of a church because it's about working on the legacy and building the kingdom of God because that's what we're called to do. But if we're not building the kingdom and we're not changing the environment that we're in and changing the world, are we really going to be blessed? It's time to let go and it's time to let God truly abide in him by being pruned, remain in him, listening to what his word says. That's what we're called to do. Stop playing Christian and become a Christian. Stop playing disciple and become a disciple. Are you truly willing to live by faith and be obedient to what he calls you to do? We have independence. We're able to come into this house because of what he did and because of our military. It's ultimately because of him. The freedom that we get through him is what we should celebrate every day. 
Yes, we celebrate Independence Day on July 4th, but our independence in Jesus Christ should be celebrated daily. Should be shouted from the rooftops to everyone we come in contact with. So this week, I encourage you. I encourage you today as you celebrate Independence Day. And if you're having family members at a barbecue or you're going to watch fireworks, whatever it is you're going to do, make sure people know about the freedom you get from Jesus. Don't just go there and go, ooh, ah. Man, them were some good ribs. And then you look up at the pretty colors in the sky. Tell someone about the independence you got in Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, you know, you can lock that down today. You can come up here and we can stand off to the side and I'll pray with you about it. If you're waiting to get your life together, don't worry. He'll accept you just as you are. He'll accept you just as you are. Because we all fail and we all fall short of the glory of God. Each and every one of us. But it says in his word, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what it comes down to. Confessing Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, believing that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you haven't made that commitment, you can come up during this final song and we'll go ahead and pray about it. Or maybe you're just not remaining in Jesus. Maybe you're really not bearing fruit. Maybe you think you're done, but you're still breathing God's air. There is no one in here who is too old. There's no one in here who's too young to produce fruit. And like I said, truly think about it. What is the last fruit you produced for Jesus? And if you can't think of it, you need to come up here and start praying. You need to come up here and give it to him and say, God, I have failed you because I'm not the disciple that you called me to be. Maybe you got too many things of your own personal pride or, or your own control that you won't let God take control. Maybe you need to come up here and just leave it here. Let go and let God. If we're going to see this church grow, we've got to let go and let God. Because if we are not doing what he calls us to do, he's not going to bless us. But just think if we do. If we're obedient to what he calls us to do and we take, take those steps in obedience, the blessing that he may put on us. And that's what it's about. Being obedient to his call and doing what he calls us to do. Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for who you are. Lord, I thank you for loving me despite who I am. And I thank you for loving us despite who we are. Lord, I ask that you be with this church and that they will become a movement for you. That they will truly seek you and remain in you and do what you call them to do. That we will be disciples and disciple makers. And that we will bear fruit for you. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.